Exodus chapter 3. And I'm going to read from verse 1. Exodus chapter 3 from verse 1. Now Moses was tending the flock of his flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. Shall we pray? Please repeat this prayer after me. Lord, open my eyes to see your truth. Lord, open my ears to hear your truth. Lord, open my mind to receive your truth. Lord, open my heart to keep your truth. Let me be a doer of your word and not a hearer only. Let me bring forth much fruit to the praise and glory of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Speak, Lord. I will listen and obey. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Moses is in the land of Midian, and Moses was doing something. Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law. Moses didn't have his own flock. He was in a foreign land, and he was married to Zipporah, Jethro's daughter. And Moses, as you know, or you may not know or may know, the fact is Moses came from Egypt, from the palace where God had placed him for a season. And it was time where God had to move him from where he was to where God wanted him to be in order for him to go through a period of wilderness there in Midian. So Moses, as the Bible says, though he was blessed by God in Egypt, a prince, a Hebrew prince, adopted into Pharaoh's family, where the very place that was set to destroy Hebrew boy babies became the very place of his elevation where God raised him up in the place of opposition, where the palace that was bent on destroying Hebrew babies, boys, boy babies, God raised a princess there who would take the baby, Moses, take him and raise him to be her own son, adopted son. We're not going to go into this. There's a whole different topic in itself. But God took the the plan of the enemy, that which was adverse, and God just flipped it towards the favor of his people. When? When Moses' parents 
mother and father, both of them, had the faith to take the child and not let the child die, had the faith to keep the child as long as they could, and had the faith and the leading of the Holy Spirit to make a basket and put the child in there, give the child over to God, and leave the child in that Nile River. And also watch over that to see how God was going to direct that baby. And you see faith throughout in the lives of baby Moses' mom and dad. As parents, we need to have faith when we raise our children. We do everything we can in our power God has given to us to make sure that our children are protected by the living God. At the same time, we need to give them into the hands of God so God can watch over them. And we also watch over them while God is watching over them. We can't say, well, God is watching over them, so I'm not going to take care of them. No. While God is watching over them, we also watch over them, show our faith, and not watching out of fear, not watching out of despair, but watch over them out of faith to see how God is going to make a way here. How God is going to make a way here in the midst of such opposition. Where the river, the Nile River is called the river of death, where Hebrew boy babies were killed there, given as a prey to the crocodiles there, drowned in that river. But in that river of death, God turned the entire river of death to become a place of elevation because of the faith that Moses' mom and dad had. If they would have just put the child in there out of despair, the child would have been dead. But when you have godly parents, when you have parents who have faith in God, look what God will do in the lives of their children. Moses is one. And Moses, who was called of God, who came from parents who feared the Lord, who had faith in God Almighty, was taken from that Nile River, from that basket that his mom made, and taken to the palace. And he was there in the palace. And look what God did. While he was there, he was under the care of his mom, who was paying The princess is paying his mom to take care of her own son. This is the blessing of the Lord. Whatever was adverse, God turned it towards the favor of Moses' mom and dad, who had faith in the living God. They're getting provision through the very means of death that was supposed to kill their son. Instead of sitting and grieving the loss of their son, she's having her son and she's getting paid to raise that child. In the ways of God Almighty. So what is Jochebed, Moses' mom, doing as a mom of faith, woman of faith? She's, every time she's feeding the child, she's praying over the child. Every time she's talking to the child, she's praying over the child. And she's raising the child in the ways of the living God. That's why Moses, even when he went to the palace, he knew that he was a child of God. He was a child of the covenant God. And we are a people who have made the covenant with God. And he always remembered that he was a Hebrew and not an Egyptian. You know, many, many people, when they come from different countries and they come to America, a lot of times... Especially their children, they come to a place where they try to fit in. They lose their culture. 
they lose their language, they lose their identity, they completely forget where they came from and the richness of where they came from. Because every culture, God has something unique and something beautiful. And when you put everything together, it becomes like a beautiful garden, unique, yet you know, similar. Flowers are flowers, but each flower is different. That's what we are as human beings, as children of God, beautiful, one, yet unique, with the uniqueness God has given to each one of us. That's what makes us international. Beautiful garden where you have beautiful colors, beautiful shape, beautiful variety, beautiful smell. Each flower has a unique fragrance. Rose is different from the lily. Very different. Each has its own beauty and own uniqueness. If everything looks same, similar, it's going to be boring. Our God is a God of variety. And so, wherever we are, we have to be thankful to God for whom God has made us, where God has brought us from, and what God has given to us. If he has given you brown eyes, glorify God. Don't try to make it blue. If he has given you blue eyes, glorify God. Don't try to make it gray. Whatever God has given to you, be thankful. And you need to have that kind of uh, satisfaction that this is who I am. And have that gratefulness to God. This is what God has made me to be. And this is the complexion God has given. And this is how God has made me to be. The way you are, the way God has made you, you are second to none. Every person is second to none when they are in Jesus. Uniquely made. No double copies, nowhere in the world. When we have that in mind, that contentment, don't try to become somebody. You be you. Be unique before God. You don't lose who you are. Moses did not lose who he was. Even when he was in Egypt, in the palace, he didn't think that, well, I don't want to associate myself you know, with the Hebrews. I don't want to be like a Hebrew. I want to be an Egyptian. And he didn't completely become an Egyptian. It's a point where? When he saw Hebrews that he turned the other way and acted like an Egyptian. He was a baby from being a baby. Taken into the palace, but his mom fed him the word of God. You are different. Moses, you are different. Even though you're wearing the Egyptian costume and you may have a little crown on your head and have all the Egyptian stuff on yourself. Moses, you're not an Egyptian. Moses, you belong to God. We are people who made a covenant with God. We need to have that understanding. We're in the world and we're not of the world. Yes, we are in the world. We have to go to work. We have to, you know, cook and we have to go to the grocery stores and we have to go here and there. But you know what? At the core of our being, we have to understand, I am a child of God. This body is a temple of God and God has made me in a very unique way. I don't have to live like the rest of the world. God is on our side whether we're in a palace or whether we're like Naaman's little slave girl placed by God in a particular place we will be a blessing wherever God chooses us to be we will be a blessing we'll be in places of honor but God wants us to be to honor God to bring his kingdom down to where we are so when you look at Moses Moses was a man who was fed not only what he needed to grow, milk and baby food, but he was fed the word of God by his mother. It's very important. Moms and dads, you need to understand. You need to feed your children the word of God. 
You have to feed your children the word of God. Never give busyness as an excuse, no matter how busy you are. What you invest in their lives now, it's an investment. It will stick with them forever. Interact with them. It'll stick with them forever. Give God's word into them. It's life. It'll stay with them forever. And Moses' mom and dad did a very good job of raising him up. Even in the palace, he knew that I belong to God. And so the Bible says, he chose to suffer with the people of God, to reject the sinful pleasures of Egypt. After he grew to a certain age, he saw the sin in Egypt and sin in the palace. He didn't say, well, I want to be just like them and let me just be like them and have everything they have and see how powerful I can become. And he didn't go after power and position. You know why Moses became the leader of God who led the entire nation of Israel out of Egypt to Canaan? Why? Because he was someone who did not go after power, and position, even though he had it right in front of him. Even though he had the access to it, even though it was God who placed him there, his eyes were upon God who placed him there and not upon what God gave to him. We need to be like that. Wherever God places us, our eyes should be upon God, not upon what God gave us. We need to be thankful to God for what God has given us, not despise it, but we should not idolize what God gives us. God is our hero. God is our center of attraction. God is our focus. God is our everything. He is the one who needs to be worshipped and he is the one we need to obey. He is the one who we need to listen to and follow. This is why Moses forsook the sinful pleasures of Egypt at a certain point and he said, I'm going to suffer with the people of God. That means I want to show myself as a Hebrew, not as an Egyptian. And so, after leaving Egypt, The Bible says in Hebrews 11, by faith, he left Egypt. That means even when he left Egypt, he didn't leave Egypt saying, well, Pharaoh's going to kill me. No, even though he had to leave, he couldn't stay. God led him all the way from Egypt to Midian, where he needed to go. God led him by faith. He left Egypt. He had faith that God has a call on my life and I'm going and I'm going to live. I'm not going to just wander some wilderness and die of thirst and hunger. No. He was somebody who grew up in Egypt. He was not somebody who was just, you know, going from Egypt to Midian and doing some business and that he knew how to go and how to live. No. First time. He's leaving Egypt for good. That's what he would have thought at that time. But I'm going, I'm going to live wherever I'm going. I'm going to live. I'm not going to be here. Bye to his mom. Bye to his dad. Bye to his sister. Bye to his family. As a Hebrew, he went out, not as an Egyptian. Wherever you are, don't try to fit in. Don't lose your identity trying to become somebody. God didn't create you for that. Don't try to lose your identity as a child of God, as a man of God, as a woman of God. You know, some people, when you look at them, at their workplaces, nobody will know that they belong to Jesus. I mean, you don't have to go with a Jesus t-shirt and a Jesus hat. But when people see you in your conversation, you need to have love. You need to have compassion. You need to be willing to go the extra mile to help someone. You need to be willing to be that Jesus to that person, whoever is there. You shouldn't partake in the corruption that is going there. 
you shouldn't say that, well, I don't want to look bad in front of people. If they're talking, if everybody's talking bad about their husbands, I'm going to talk bad about my husband too. If everybody's talking bad about their children, I'm going to do that. If everybody's complaining, I'm going to complain too. We shouldn't be that way. We're called to be lights in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. How can we shine if we just become darkness like them? We need to maintain our identity wherever we are. Love the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. We need to have that. We need to have that when we are outside and inside. That's what will show to these people outside and inside that we belong to God. Jesus said, by your love, people will know that you are my disciples. So the fruit of the Spirit, by your love, people will know that you are my disciples. So that identity of who we belong to, we belong to Jesus Christ, has to be maintained, has to be maintained, carried wherever we go. Love. Secondly, holiness. When we go outside, we need to know we belong to God. There's a, there's a way in which we conduct our conversations. That people will know when I talk to this man or I talk to this woman, they know that they've drawn the line. I can't mess with them. I can't flirt with them. I can't cause them to sin. I can't try to divert them. No. They know. They know how to talk and they know where to draw the line. People will know. Outside people, they all see. We are the living epistle. Where people will see living Bibles. Where people will see God's holiness, God's love. In the way we dress, in the way we conduct ourselves, we need to have that, that this is the temple of God. This is a vessel of God where the presence of God is carried. We can't dress like the people outside. Our bodies belong to God and belongs to our spouses. If we are married and if we are not married, should be kept for our spouse. What should be kept inside should not be thrown outside. At that point, you'll be throwing your pearl in front of the swine. That means your pearl becomes worthless at that time. If it goes before pigs, it is worthless. Our bodies should be maintained with honor and dignity. When people see us, they need to know we belong to the living God. I've told this to the women at different women's meetings and and um, places where I've been called to speak in the past. And even, I believe, in our own women's meeting. When you know how to conduct yourself, when you know how to carry your vessel with honor, when you know how to have respect for your own body and maintain that respect for God and for your body that God has given, nobody can trash it. If you don't trash it, others will honor it. You honor it, God will honor it. There's a way to live with dignity. Don't live without dignity. You can still look pretty and God-honoring in a way that is pleasing to God. Carry yourself as a princess. Anywhere you go, carry yourself as a princess of the living God, not as a harlot that is out there. Our bodies belong to the living God. You can dress beautifully and in a God-honoring manner. You can still dress in style without revealing yourself to where you shouldn't. When you conduct yourself in a manner that is pleasing to God, God will honor that body and that body will carry the presence of God wherever it goes. 
and God will honor you. God will bless that body with good health and strength. God will bless that body and make it a blessing that wherever that body goes, it'll be a blessing to other people. When people will see, they'll have that love for God. They'll have that respect for you. They'll have that honor that is due to those who carry the presence of God. We came from the dust of the earth. And we're going to go back to the dust of the earth, this body. But for God's people, when it carries the presence of God, we carry the breath of God, our soul goes to God. But even this body, when it carries the presence of God, God will raise it up at the last day to an honorable state. When you honor that body while you're on the face of the earth. Same thing goes for men. Both for men and women. Raise up your children. Telling them that they belong to God. Their bodies belong to God. They are princes and princesses in the kingdom of God. Go with dignity. Wherever you go, go with dignity. Carry yourself as a child of God. With your head held up high in humility. Not with arrogance. Knowing that. You make a difference wherever you go because God is living inside of you. So Moses, though he was in the palace, he left everything and he came out of Egypt because he said, they're suffering and I'm over here. What am I doing? I'm not going to be involved in the sinful pleasures. It's not just, oh, I'm sitting here and I'm representing God and I don't partake of sin. The Bible clearly states that. There were many opportunities for Moses to sin, but he chose not to. He chose to be faithful to God. And because of that, God said, you can be the person that I can trust. And so with this, we come to the book of Exodus chapter 3, where Moses has left everything that he had, which most people will try to hold on to. And he is where? In Midian. He doesn't have anything of his own, not even the flock. The flock that he has is his father-in-law's flock. But Moses was not a man of ego. Moses didn't say, well, I don't have my own flock and I have to take care of my father-in-law's flock. No. He knew how to humble himself. He had to go through a period of being humbled. Where he didn't have anything. From having everything, he has nothing now. He knew what he had was from God. And now what he has, even though it's his father-in-law's flock, is from God. God gave him his wife. God gave him his children. It's a blessing from God. Now he has his father-in-law's flock. He didn't say, well, this is my father-in-law's flock, and so I'm just going to just do the bare minimum. No, he was faithful to God and faithful to his father-in-law with what God had given to him. Whatever God has given to you, do it with everything that is within you to be faithful in everything that God has given. Be faithful. Because God is watching your faithfulness and God will prepare you for something far greater, which God will give to you. God will say, I can trust you and I can give this to you. So Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain, mountain of God. So he chooses the location by the mountain of God where 
he was feeding his flock and he was coming around that side and suddenly something happens. The mountain of God or the place of God is a consecrated place. It's called the mountain of God because God comes there in a special way. Just like when we come together in the house of God, God comes there in a special way. And so Moses is coming here with his flock and to the mountain of God. And suddenly he's seeing something there. And he might have gone by that side many times before. The Bible doesn't say that that was the first time. He might have gone there many times. But that particular day was the appointed day that God had in his calendar. Know this for sure. You may feel like I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, but I'm not getting reward for what I'm doing. Nobody's seeing what I'm doing. Don't worry about it. If you believe that God is watching over you, that's enough. You can continue to keep doing what you're doing because suddenly, suddenly there will come a time where your confinement will become a platform for elevation that God has for you. So that in the place of elevation, you can exalt the one who elevated you. There's a reason when God moves us from point A to point B. There's a purpose for it. Even the confinement has a purpose. Just like that, the elevation also has a purpose. So Moses, out of all these days and years that he was there, many years, everything looked like it was gone. His mom would have told him, Moses, God has a purpose for you. God caused you to live this miracle that you are there. Never heard any other Hebrew baby boy who had a, a, a chance and an opportunity like this where the princes of Egypt will come and take you. And Moses, you're a special child. God has a call. And now Moses is in Midian. Not even having his own stuff has his father-in-law's flock. One year went by, two years went by, three years went by, four years went by. He has children and, and he's in the same spot doing the same thing. No change at all. Looks like he's forever going to sit there with his father-in-law's flock. Out of all these years, he didn't even have his own flock. Moses was not a man of ambition. Moses was not a man of ambition in the palace. He was not a man of ambition over here in his father-in-law's place. He was somebody who showed God's love wherever he was. He was somebody who showed contentment wherever he was placed. This is why God was able to make him the leader of Israel. And all these years, many, 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 many years, took the same thing, same thing. He's not saying, well, I'm so bored. God gave me this, but I'm so bored. Same flock and same routine and same thing. It's not interesting. And when I was in the palace, I was like this. And my mommy's not here. My daddy's not here. And he was not somebody who was having self-pity and grieving over his situation. He's, oh, I did the right thing. And look what happened. I chose to suffer with the people of God. Look what happened. Now I'm expelled. Similar to Joseph's situation here. Away from his home. In a foreign land. Well, who is with him most of the time? A bunch of animals who cannot speak. He can't talk to them and they can't talk to him, but he's taking care of them and they don't even belong to him. That was his life. A period of confinement. 
Moses didn't have friends and Moses didn't have people where you know, he would have just sat and forgotten everything about Egypt and he didn't have a life like that. The period that he was with the flock, he was a man who was walking with God out of faith that he had. The faith that he had when he left Egypt sustained him and carried him while he was by himself. That's how he was able to live a life of contentment. If you don't have God inside of you, you'll be miserable coming from a palace, being in a place where you know where your parents are, and you're in that place, in that land, comfortable eating royal food, and now all of a sudden, from being a prince to a shepherd here, not even your own flock. He could have gotten miserable, but he was not like that. Moses was there taking the flock by the mountain of God. God saw his faithfulness and God said, This day, this month, this moment, I am going to visit Moses. Your day and your time and your moment where God will visit you and turn away your captivity is already marked. My day and time has already been marked. Your day and your time has already been marked. But until we come to that place where God has, that appointed time, God appointed time, how are we going to handle our confinement? How are we going to be where God has placed us to be when we know that this is God's will for me? Are we going to complain or are we going to handle it the way God wants us to by being with God? While he was with the sheep, he was conversing with God. He drew strength from God to be that man of contentment, never looking for more. He was a man of vision, a man of faith. Moses was a man of faith. So while he was there, to the mountain of God, came to the mountain of God, the Bible doesn't go in detail as to why he went to that side, to Mount Horeb, the mountain of God. He must have prayed. We don't know. While we came there, while he came there, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So there's something happening here in the bush that's in front of him. The angel of the Lord appeared to him. That means he's seeing the bush. He's seeing a huge flame and he's seeing the angel of the Lord in the midst of it. A vision a real encounter. Moses is seeing something supernatural there. Which he's never seen before. He never saw such a thing. He said, I've never seen something like this before. I've never seen something like this before. I've never seen something like this before. God knew how to get Moses' attention. He could have just caused just a burning bush to be there. The Lord showed something more than this. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he is looking at it. And behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. So he's seeing this heavenly encounter and he's saying, this looks green. 
and this is burning. Only dry trees, dry bushes burn, and this is different. What is this? Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why this bush does not burn. Something supernatural is taking place. Now I'm going to see what is happening to this bush and why. How come this is happening? I've never seen something like this. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, who was there in the midst of the bush? God Almighty was waiting for Moses. God knew that Moses was going to come by that side. It's, it's the Lord who led him to even come by that side. The Lord God who leads you, the Lord God who is with you, the Lord God who has called you, the Lord God who has protected you, who has saved you, has come to you. Just like how he came to Moses. In that place of confinement, in that place of that routine, daily activity, as a shepherd, he came to a place bringing his flock. God Almighty said, today, I'm going to visit him. I'm going to talk to him. I'm going to reveal to him about something that's far greater. Where I'm going to remove his confinement. And by making that into a place of elevation. From being a shepherd of somebody else's flock. I'm going to turn him into a shepherd who will keep the flock of God. Look at the promotion. Shepherd who was tending to his father-in-law's flock, has become, is going to become a shepherd, who's going to shepherd the people of God, God's sheep, his heavenly father's sheep. This is the elevation that came to Moses, for being faithful to God. So never lose heart, never think that, well, I've been here Serving God for all this time. And I've been faithful to God in my workplace. And I've been working so hard as a husband or as a wife or as a grandparent or as a brother or a sister or a child. I've been doing, doing and doing and doing and doing and doing. Nobody's appreciating me. I'm doing and doing and doing and doing. Nobody's saying thank you to me. Or I'm doing and doing and doing and doing and doing. I'm getting just tired. There's no growth here. I don't see a way out of here. Don't complain. God is speaking to our hearts today. Be faithful and keep doing, just like how Moses did. Just like how Joseph did. They were all in there for a long period of time, in their confinement. Suddenly, suddenly, when that clock strikes, the exact moment that God had marked in his calendar, for God to turn the confinement into a platform of elevation, everything changes at that point it changed for joseph it changed for moses it'll change for you it will change for you it will change for you it will change for you if you are faithful to god in your confinement with what god has given if you choose to be faithful to god suddenly 
suddenly when the clock strikes in God's calendar, where God has written that appointed time for you and for me, when that clock strikes right on that time and that moment, everything will change if you're faithful to God. If you're faithful to God. He would have just left a sheep somewhere and he was just sleeping or not taking care of the sheep. This wouldn't have happened, but he was faithful. Faithful to God. He would have just said to Jethro, I'm not going to do this. You know, there are some men who would not want to work. Say, I'm not going to do this. Or there are some people who would not want to do a specific type, type of work. They'll say, no, this is not my interest. So they sit without getting a job. Because they'll say, this is not my field. So, you sit without doing anything. Whatever you're able to do, do it heartily unto God, not unto man. And God who sees you will reward you openly. Not talking about people who have health condition, not able to. But there are people who just say that. I've seen so many people, Vashpadeep and I, counseling over the many years. How they would simply not go because they'll say, this is not my field. So what? Can you work? If it's not your field, so what? Don't sit and eat the bread of idleness. Don't. When God has given that health, God has given that strength, it's okay. Even if it is not your kind of job. If this was not Moses' kind of job. But Moses took Jethro's flock humbled himself, and he said, I will do it. Same goes for women. Whatever God gives you, do it. Same goes for children. Whatever is given to you, take it faithfully and do it. Never say, oh, you know what? This is not something that I will do. Do it. If it comes to you and you're called to do it, do it. Perhaps God has sent it to you in order to bless you. You may never know what will happen in the course of you doing that work. Something will happen suddenly. 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 Our God is a God of wonders. A God is a God of wonders. He does wonders beyond measure. And so he comes to Moses here. And God sees Moses Let's read verse 4. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. You know what a big thing it is for us to be called by God when God utters our name. He calls us Moses, Moses. Very similar to God calling the little child Samuel. Samuel, Samuel. God's word says he's called you by your name. Even when you didn't know him, he's called you by your name. It's important to answer to that call of God. Immediately Moses said, here I am. I will stop at verse 5 today as the Spirit of the Lord wants me to. And we will pick up from there tomorrow. Then he said, verse 5, Do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. God says here, 
when God comes and he visits a certain place, that place becomes a holy ground. As long as God is there. That's the key. As long as God is there. We're not going to idolize the burning bush and after God is gone and, and then, you know, have like people come there for, you know, to have a pilgrimage there. No, that becomes idolatry. As long as God is there. When God is there, it becomes a holy ground. It's not every time we go to church, before we go to church, when pray for them, pray for the vehicle, pray for the church, pray for the parking lot, pray for the chairs, the pews, the equipment, the cables that we use, the instrument that we use. We pray for everything. And I consecrate everything afresh for the work of the Lord. And I pray for every single person who is serving God. Every single one, by name, I pray for every single person who's doing the setup, who's doing the children's ministry, who's doing whatever work that they're working for the Lord. I pray for every single one by name and I consecrate them for the work of God because it's God's work. And that house of God, where God comes and visits, when we are there, God is there. It becomes a holy place, a hallowed ground. The same thing, while we have meetings like this, the presence of God comes into our homes. It becomes a holy place, wherever you are sitting. It becomes a holy place because the Spirit of God is there. While we sit and hear the Word of God, that God is speaking. God spoke to Moses through the burning bush and He's speaking to you through the computer. Where you are becomes a holy place. You need to learn to honor the presence of God. We need to learn to honor where God is. And God will do tremendous things. The first thing God said was, Moses, know that you are in the place where God is. As long as God is, the place is holy. We need to treat it with reverence. We don't use certain words when you're in the house of God. You don't use certain words that you shouldn't. You have to be careful. The Bible says... Watch your steps when you go to the house of God. We need to be careful. Measure our words from the other. We need to be joyful. We need to be full of the joy of the Holy Spirit at the same time. Our words should not be loose. We have to be extra careful. We should be careful all the time, but when we are in the presence of God, extra careful. We carry the presence of God and we have to be careful. But there is a certain presence of God that comes when we are in the house of God. Extra careful. Extra careful with our children. Tell our children to be extra careful. We need to be extra careful. When you enter into that zone, you know God is there. The whole place is sanctified. And it's set apart for God's use. We consecrate ourselves afresh every time before we go. Get on the pulpit, touch anything there. So we have to have that reverence for God. Because God is there. The Lord told Moses, 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 don't come near this place the way you are. Take your sandals off your feet for the place where you stand is holy ground. What is he saying? Why is he telling take your sandals off your feet? Because you wear your sandals that goes everywhere. It's picking up dirt. Don't bring that dirt to the presence of God because God is holy. The whole ground becomes holy. We go to the house of God. That's why we post Prepare yourself before coming to the sanctuary. I mean, Saturday itself, 
Examine yourself before the Lord. Cleanse yourself before God and say, Lord, I'm going to your house. Cleanse me. Cleanse my mind. Cleanse my body. Cleanse my spirit. Cleanse everything, every part of me. When I go there, I want to contribute towards the presence of God, just filling the place of God. When we go there. May God help us to have that understanding. Wherever your burning bushes, wherever you hear the voice of God coming to you, calling you, speaking to you about something, be like Moses who will respond to God right away. Here I am, Lord. Here I am. Whatever comes from God to you, it comes directly from God to you. God speaks to us. And as God speaks to us, we take it and we believe and do the first thing. Moses did what God told him to. We're going to see that tomorrow, the spirit of the Lord is saying he's going to continue from this tomorrow. We will go into it tomorrow. But I want to stop here where Moses was faithful to God and what God gave him. Moses was somebody who knew who he was in God and did not let Egypt intimidate him. No, he knew who he was. He maintained himself as a Hebrew wherever God placed him in Egypt. And Moses was somebody who said, I will take the Lord's side. And he left Egypt and came to Midian. Moses was somebody who humbled himself and said, I'll take Jethro's sheep. I'm not going to claim ownership for anything. As long as God gives me a job to do, I will do it. Moses was a hardworking man. Moses was a man who sought the Lord in everything. Moses was content with what God had given. And as Moses continued seeking God, God, according to his appointed time, came to Moses and gave him a very specific instruction from the burning bush, take your sandals off. After he did that, then God spoke more to him. Whatever God is speaking to you, whatever God is revealing to you, take it seriously. Take the presence of God seriously. Take these meetings seriously. And say, Lord, I'm going to take it seriously and I'm going to obey you. When the Lord speaks to you and you obey God, God will give you more revelation and he'll speak to you more to make that confinement into a platform of elevation. Moses didn't know what was going to happen. Moses didn't know that God was going to take him out of Midian and God was going to anoint him in Midian and take him to Egypt and make him into a man. The world can never forget. A great man in the kingdom of heaven. A great man on earth. Moses. Even the Pharaoh who was there when Moses was there. Nobody knows his name, but the world knows Moses' name. Moses' confinement became a platform of elevation. Anytime God is in our midst. And our confinement may appear like it's never going to end. God has a time marked in his calendar. When the clock strikes and it hits that moment, our destiny will change forever. But there are things that God will ask us to do. There are tests that will come. When we obey God with what God has given, we will never stay in the same state that we are in. For the rest of our lives. That's for sure. Every confinement that God has. Is for a duration. That God alone knows. And it will work out for our elevation. So that we can show Jesus. To this world. God took Moses out of Midian. And took him to the same palace. Not as a prince of Egypt. 
but a servant of the Most High God. That's the transformation that took place. Not only the place where he was changed, but Moses himself changed. There was a greater anointing of God that was there to serve the greater people of God. That's what happened to Joseph. There's a great anointing of God God put on him so he can handle everything in Pharaoh's house. He can take care of all the people in Egypt and all the people in the neighboring countries. Greater spirit of God, greater anointing of God that was there. Your confinement will turn into a platform of elevation. When you are faithful to God in your confinement and grateful to God where God has placed you. And do what God has called you to do. And God will turn your confinement into a platform of elevation. According to his divine appointed time. And God will increase your capacity. Pour into you that which you need. To be able to handle that elevation. It's one thing to be elevated. And it's another thing to be able to handle the elevation. God who elevates gives the grace to handle that elevation so that you can really shine for God Almighty. It's like God taking a candle that's faithfully burning and all of a sudden he's going to take that candle and place it out on a huge place where it needs light. Can a candle stay a candle in a huge place? It can be a candle for a room. But can a candle stay a candle in a huge place? Acres and acres of land. No, it cannot. But God is going to put that candle from a room, take that candle from a room, and he's going to make that candle shine somewhere else. What is God going to do? At that point, as the acreage or the area for shining increases, God transforms that candle itself. All of a sudden, begin to shine like the sun. Where that candle itself is, Convert it into something else that burns so bright. Gives so much light. Multitudes are blessed. God takes our confinement and turns into a platform of elevation. In today's word, God is adding one more. Not only is he turning that place of confinement into a place of elevation for us. He'll turn you into a person who will be able to Handle that elevation and to do the will of God the way God wants you to be. Shall we close our eyes and look to the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Father, you're so good. You're so faithful. You're so patient. You're so patient with us. We thank you for giving us the privilege to endure and to exhibit that patience in our confinement with eyes full of faith, knowing that when that clock will strike, exactly on that time, that very second where you have marked in your divine calendar to turn our confinement into a platform of elevation hallelujah the very God who is 
leading us through this path of confinement, testing us, will transform us to become greater lights, brighter lights, to be able to take that new call, to be able to fill that place of elevation, to fulfill the will of our Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your work of transformation that you're doing in the lives of people during this period of confinement. You're changing them, making them into something far more glorious that will fit that elevation. Hallelujah. That'll fit that elevation. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I bless your people at this hour with this blessing that you alone can bless them with, that each may be faithful in the place that you have placed, O Father, that their confinement may become a place of elevation, that during this time of confinement, as you are testing and preparing them, Father, that they may grow into what you've called them to be, ready to fill in that position of elevation where you place them, O Lord, according to your perfect time. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. With this blessing, I bless your people with that in this month of April, that they may flourish before you wherever you've placed, like how Moses flourished before you, like how Joseph flourished before you, in that place of confinement. May you see gratitude. In the very place of confinement, may you see thankfulness. In the very place of confinement, may you see faithfulness. In the very place of confinement, may you see each one of us doing the will of God. With this blessing, I bless your people with. Pronouncing this blessing from God Almighty that at the appropriate time, at the fullness of time, that their confinement may be changed into a platform for elevation. There, along with their place, that confinement that will be changed, they themselves will be also changed to be able to handle, to be able to take, to be able to shine forth the light of God, to be able to glorify God when you exalt them, Father. That the blessing of God will never become a snare for them, but will become a place where God will be glorified all the more. Your people will be blessed even more. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.